Welcome to the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you manage your money better, invest wisely, retire early, and grow your wealth for you and your family and live your best life. My name is Tony Thomas, Charter Financial Planner, Pension Specialist, and Money Coach. I've advised thousands of people over the last 30 years. I'm going to share with you real life stories and everything that you need to know to build a financially secure future and a great lifestyle. If you enjoy the podcast, then feel free to subscribe and leave a review. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. I'm joined by Alina Timofeeva. So Alina, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Tony. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to have you. Alina is a multi-award winning specialist in cloud and data and also has a proven track record with major clients such as JP Morgan, HSBC and Santander. And through technology and innovation, she helps make the world a much safer place. Alina also supports females from diverse backgrounds and migrants through mentoring, which is a great passion of hers. And I'd love to know more about uh, that from Alina today. So Alina, please share with us your fascinating story on your success and how you support others. Yes, yes. Okay, I'll start maybe a little bit from the earlier childhood because that's what people like yeah so I'm from Russia originally and I only moved to UK seven years ago now my history is perhaps slightly different from a normal uh, woman in Russia slightly just because when I was born I didn't live with my parents I was brought up by my grandmother and if you think about you know all the movies you watch about Soviet Union so she is like a lady from the Soviet Union, and she was she was very good with all the kind of the housekeeping, the housework, but she was, you know, more what we would describe probably in UK as like working class. Yeah. So she was very passionate about me getting married, just generally, and having children. And I guess I was a bit intrigued for, about it for some time, but... I thought that I could do something more. And some of the challenges I've had is I didn't really have like many role models or I didn't necessarily meet, you know, those women which became successful, which did a job, I don't know, that worked in banks and consultancy somewhere else. Most of the women I used to know, even when I was like a child, are either, you know, housewives or when you read the Russian literature, they were very much in love with somebody and then committed suicide or some other <laughs> dramatic story. So maybe if people read Anna yeah. Karenina, that's yeah. kind of one of the typical stories. Anyway, so I was not kind of always successful, but I think my key motto is use the failures to essentially become successful. I think... From one point of view, there were not so many expectations around my future. And in a way, it helped me. In a way, it made my life more difficult. The way it helped me is when I fail, nobody actually, you know, bothered to say, we told you, you can't do it. But when I was successful as well, 
or perhaps I had a bit of a fear that, you know, I've never seen anybody do this. I've never seen anybody do that. So that's how it started. I guess it started from me being fairly poor working background, living outside. It's a region outside of Moscow, but it's kind of within the Moscow area and thinking whether I should be a housewife or should do something else. Now, I was very good in maths and I went to Moscow State University. So I won the Moscow Olympiad, which nobody thought I would do, but I managed to do it. And when I was at university, a lot of the maths was very, very scientific, very, very theoretical. So it's, again, something you tend to see in movies. is like yeah. teaching Russian, I don't know, scientists to build the spaceships and yeah. rockets to go into space. And that's the type of background. There were no women, to be honest. The ratio of guys and girls was 10 to 1. And you was the one. <laughs> no, no, no. There were five. Yeah, 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 yeah. There were five hundred yeah. guys and fifty girls. Yeah. And in five years of the degree, it was forty of the girls they got married to those guys. I think ten didn't get married and try doing something else. Like yeah. my best friend, she went to US. She did a PhD and then she became a professor in accounting. I thought I'll try to go abroad and I applied to very many universities. Now I got ultimately into London School of Economics. And when I came, everybody was like, we want to be an investment banker. There is so much money in investment banking, we're going to apply. And everybody had their CVs and everybody had like this whole, you know, like the suits mapped yeah, out yeah. to the yeah. interviews to the banks etc and I was like a bit of a housewife background so I was like I want to get married I'm going to make this degree and go back to Russia and I don't know be a housewife and basically my husband will be very proud of all my three degrees at some point I realized that it may be a good idea to look for a job which proved out a little bit harder for me my peers the reason is the immigration mm -hmm. and the work permit because Russia is not the EU and technically it's a little bit complicated. Basically, whoever wants to hire me needs to prove that they couldn't find anyone like me in UK or in Europe. And it must be me for this job. So most okay. of the people didn't want to prove. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's a lot more difficult, much more difficult for you to uh, even get started. Yeah. So I applied to very many, 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 many. Some of them were investment banking, but I wasn't successful. And it took me a very long time to start, like to actually find a job, get the visa, get started. I did some a little bit random things in between. So I did some modeling, for example, mm -hmm. which wasn't paying that much to me. I went back to Russia. I started working in a big four in PwC and I had to kind of fly back for okay. all the interviews in the UK. But in the end, I mean, I was successful after a long time, after 500 jobs, applications. And uh, I, I moved I moved to UK, right? And the interesting thing when I joined Accenture at the Wise. time, 
it was technology consulting yeah. um, and everybody in my start group apart from me were british because it's hard to prove this work permit thing and there were very many jokes about russia and putin and novichok and how i don't know russian spies women spies <laughs> housewives so it, it was different for me and for a long time i didn't fit in but i think this experience specifically has prompted me to think more wider around as you mentioned migrants yeah. and women and women not even women in tech but women just generally yeah. yeah how they go from if they are from a more traditional family where they are expected to get married and perhaps there is not so much expectation on jobs and i don't know growth career growth and also migrants what happens when you move you don't know anybody or you have these immigration challenges how do you actually manage it and that is something which inspired me to kind of spend more time and effort on giving back which is what i do now so that's in a nutshell a short story your story is uh, is similar to, very similar in a in a sense to uh, i worked with a russian lady for six years and we worked very closely together and her background or how as you've described it uh, was very similar obviously coming from a type family on the outskirts of russia coming to the uk with similar sort of intentions as yourself and she ended up marrying a british uh, guy a welsh a welsh guy welshman and has gone down that path he came into the investment world and worked alongside me as my basically my assistant and it worked very very successfully so so i know what quite a lot of the challenges that she had and obviously you've emphasized those so i think your challenges actually were probably more difficult based on what you told me so far I mean sometimes when you get married you can get a job easier because you know, that could that could be the, you know that could have been the reason why it was easier for her so because she did get married fairly soon after university so in the UK and again that was a third degree for her as well so, anyway. so yeah so what hap- what happens next or what happened next what happened next i mean when i joined accenture so just in terms of timelines that was 7 years ago and i joined in a very junior role of a graduate analyst yeah now it wasn't that well paid i mean it was okay but not that well paid i guess i wasn't very successful for the first 2 2 or 3 years and the reason was as a starting point i didn't fit in so i didn't fit in into culture into yeah. industry culture i had a lot of challenges of being kicked out of accommodations or moving constantly moving between flats and just generally i didn't know anybody so i didn't have this circle of you know friends or family or somebody and i guess from my like russian family perspective i don't really have a family so i didn't have like you know this so, so was it very lonely for you at that time so I think it was yes it was only I mean there were very many people around me 
So I was a consultant. So it's always, you know, you go and meet clients and you do something interesting. But I think generally, yes, it was kind of lonely because I didn't have a specific person or support or set of people. And I think the second challenge was even if there were people around me, I looked like a Russian housewife. I I don't know. I just didn't fit in. So it was a little bit interesting for people to be with me. They enjoyed my stories of how I got kicked out of houses, but they... (laughs) They didn't necessarily be, they weren't that empathetic about it, I think. Anyway, so I I was not that successful. And then in my third year, I really wanted to get promoted. And the short story was I worked very, very hard. The way the promotion works, you get like 50% more money. So I thought, okay, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get a mortgage. I'm not going to have any problems with my house. And I worked and I worked. And basically, there was a very interesting situation with the career counselor who was meant to kind of represent me and say, you know, Alina did this, Alina did that, Alina deserves or doesn't deserve to get promoted. Yeah. Yeah. And whilst I thought I should get promoted, she felt otherwise. And I actually got a non-performing mark which meant that if I, you know, if I basically don't start performing very, very quickly, first of all, they could terminate the contract and then my visa gets terminated and I go back to Russia. And then there was a bit of a surveillance from HR because they put you on HR plan and they kind of say, you know, these are the actions and please demonstrate that you are performing. Now, at the time... I didn't think it was fair. And I think another thing which happened, I got a bit of a challenge just from the personal life. So I kind of split from my boyfriend and I also didn't have a place to live. So basically that was a turning point and that was about uh, three and a half, four years ago. Basically it wasn't like a lot of money. I didn't have a place. I didn't have a boyfriend and I didn't have a clear view of you know this progression and well I could potentially be kicked out and go back to Russia and that was when I was starting I started thinking much more you know about progression and about how can I succeed and how can I make money and how can I get promoted and I think the outcome for the listeners really in the last three and a half years I got promoted four times so I grew from like the graduate to associate partner now. And I think in terms of money, it went up about five times so far, which is a lot. Um. So first I got promoted in Accenture. Then I went to KPMG at a higher grade. Then yeah. I got promoted in KPMG. And now I came to Oliver Wyman, which Watch. is a strategy firm yeah. at a higher grade. So it was a mix of promotions and a mix of kind of jumps, but jumps at higher rate with higher compensation. And what is interesting, most people who used to be like my managers five years ago, they are kind of at a lower point in a way. And and how does that make you feel? Well, it's interesting because at that point in time when I was 
told that I'm non-performing, there was an interesting discussion with a couple of people who said they don't think I will ever progress and uh, they don't see me as anything other than an analyst. And the interesting thing is they're still managers and I kind of moved up to a couple of positions higher. Who's good? Yeah, no, I, I could imagine. So I think when you're in the, uh, certainly the professions as you are, then often you you tend to obviously go from one firm to another to have in order to have that promotion because it's not always easy in, internally with the same organization so i think the pattern you've gone through isn't unusual in particular but obviously just more it's much more challenging for you uh, in terms of your starting points so yeah, I think it's also, you know, not always when you go to a new organization, you'll be successful quick no, enough. There's no guarantees that you will. So often people do change, as, as I'm sure you're, not, you're aware of, and it doesn't work out at all. So you actually go backwards to some extent. Yeah. So I think last year, so the COVID year was very good for me in my work perspective. So as you mentioned, I did get a few awards last year and yeah. also this year. You've got a you've got a long list, Alina. So I'm very impressed. I know, I know. I'm I'm actually having a couple of more this year. All right. I may ask what they are. So one of them is like women in technology. Yeah. And it's essentially a role model and a digital transformation kind of person. So I'm on a short list. I don't know yet if I win it or not. And then the other one is also on the same kind of topic. So it's digital transformation, travelize yeah. the rising star role model. So there are different nominations and I'm on the shortlist for different things. But the question is where I will win and if I win. Well, so I'll fingers, hear that fingers. more. Yes. Yeah. So I think the awards were a good thing to raise my kind of public. Profile, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, awards are great for that so they don't bring any money though they don't bring any public. money uh but they are great uh, to get you in the in the limelight if you like writing boxes obviously another one as well so i don't know if you've uh, got that on the cards or you've done one yet hmm? Written oh is an, is no way, no so. not yet no i'm going to be featured in a book yet though no. it's like about 50 inspirational women so from a career point of view, uh, what is next for you? What, what have you set your sights for? Yeah, I mean, I tend to focus on three things. So mm. one is my actual job. And yeah. within my actual job, so I am quite passionate about what I do, but I'm also very strategic and very commercial. Yeah. So I'm hoping to become a partner. And then within the partners, there are also levels of partners. So you can still grow even when you are a partner. Yeah. Uh, so that's one thing. I tend to be very focused on clients and customers, specifically from topics of technology, innovation, digital transformation. And historically, many of my clients were in UK. They are kind of big banks, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah I've, I've worked for a couple of those. So. I think I'm looking to expand because my current employer, they don't just do UK, they do globally there are there's just more growth i'll start with uk with people who i know mm -hmm. and then kind of move depending on depending on the results depending on kind of what grows better so that's one thing 
And the second thing, I'm very focused on, you know, the mentoring, right? And what I call mentoring, sometimes it's one-to-one, which is I do for a number of nonprofit organizations. Sometimes it's, you know, more like for groups and sometimes it's more masterclasses or or something like that. So the audience I tend to target are kind of three types. So it's the younger girls who are, they don't yet know what they want to do, but they kind of potentially want to hear from somebody. And um, the second audience is more like the older people, like maybe my age or a bit younger or or less in, well, whatever they do. And, And then I guess the third one, which I'm personally very, very passionate about are migrants. And the reason for it is, I still, find, I still find it's quite hard because I don't see many migrants around me in like leading leadership roles. I see people who perhaps, you know, may have come, you know, 20 years ago yeah. or like they're second generation. So they are migrants in a way. But I don't see many people that, you know, turned up and without anything and started kind of going and building. Well, it, I would imagine it's even more difficult now with uh, obviously Brexit happening. As all Russia was obviously outside of that, but even so, I think it's going to ke- uh, become, if not already, much more difficult. So that is my second thing, and I yeah. guess my third focus. I picked up public speaking because I wasn't <laughs> too passionate about public speaking a year ago. And now I'm doing like much more of it. So I want to expand as well. I'm doing a TED talk. In fact, I'm doing two TED talks. And then I'm also hoping to do more of a public profile. So it's getting published in, I don't know, Financial Times or Economist. So again, not necessarily on the topics of mentoring, but on the more professional things. Cloud transformation, etc. And I have I have audience on LinkedIn, but I think I want to do it more kind of product. Yeah, no, it's it sounds it sounds you have the 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 ability and the option to combine all of your talents uh, and obviously passions. Uh, you can obviously share obviously what you do as a as a profession, but you know you can obviously you can use that platform to help others in the way that you do. So. How do, you, can, how do you how do you actually my, sorry go on I was just saying I can use my former modeling experience well, you, why are you doing public speaking <laughs> yeah maybe I'll certainly get people's attention I'm sure so so how do you attract how do you actually uh, attract also the 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 women that you help so what is your forum and how you do that I mean at the moment I support a number of nonprofit organizations right. So they themselves have audiences, certain audiences. And then if it's one-to-one mentoring, then there is a certain, let's say, matchmaking. So people can come to me or, you know, they will match me as part of the nonprofit. And then I mentor people. Sometimes people just approach me on LinkedIn. So that started happening much more often, to be honest, over pandemic. And I'm very happy, you know, like to speak to people, to have calls. And sometimes it's not like something which you face 
you know, very quickly. So it's like a series of calls mm. and I'm quite open to it. I do it like, again, in my own time and kind of not for profit. And some cases it's more professional, you know, how do you find a job or maybe how do you move to a job? And sometimes it's more personal, you know, how you become more confident or maybe yeah. something even about public speaking because I went from not doing anything to doing something so far. Chris, I do mention as well. So it's and how rewarding that can be. Uh, and again, as, as you say, it feels as if you are giving something back to those people who've gone through, because you've gone through similar experiences yourself and you know how much help and support that would be if you had somebody like that when you were starting off in your journey. And I guess like from my side, there are two parts. The one when I was starting out, I didn't really have this person yeah. and I didn't really know that you know, this is possible, available. So I didn't really look out for mentors myself proactively. Yeah. And it wasn't so successful for me, I would say. And I think the second part to me is, even though it's nonprofit, right, you know, if people are grateful or if it helps them, it does kind of help me as well from the energetical point of view and like feeling as a better person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I know from my own experiences that, and I've trained, for example, hundreds of financial advisors over the years. So I know how rewarding that is to me personally to see people grow over a period of time and then themselves become successful. And I'm sure you haven't or you will sort of experience that if you haven't already. I, I, I was very inspired. So I have a mentor and I'll probably mention it here. Um I started going kind of for mentorship broader, so not just career focused, yeah. but also things like, I don't know, style, confidence, psychology. Yeah. And I have a couple of mentors who are not usual. The one of them is Miss Russia, and she has lots of different followers and etc. And the other one is also like Miss International, so she won some international contests. But I think also what they both were, you know, kind of teaching me is you know, the energy you get back from all the people that you support as long as yeah. you support them is like phenomenon and it helped them grow as well. Brilliant. I think you've just highlighted how important it is to have a mentor. And we all need mentors. And at different stages of our lives as well. So, you know, we are growing all the time. So uh, you are going to need mentors for different aspects of your life for either from a professional point of view or from a from a personal point of view but i think in terms of achieving success which is clearly you have i'm sure you've got much more success to, to to come is that you still have to have that that drive that ambition to be able to do that because nobody's going to give it to you yeah and I think one of the reasons I'm ambitious is because I didn't have anything in the start. So I wanted to have something and then it kind of developed. So I now have the confidence that I can do more. Yeah, confidence is a massive, massive thing. And the more success you achieve, the more confident you become. And uh, I think often what I've, when I've spoken to lots of people, again, throughout my career, not just through the, the podcasts, is that, Often people from humble beginnings 
mm. which is the best way to uh, phrase it, often have the greatest drive and ambition because of their starting points. Mm. And I, I agree with that. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. Sometimes people are afraid, I think, because not everyone goes for it. And then when you go, then you have to drive. Yeah, but that's what makes you different. That what makes you special. So, you know, I, I can I can relate to that as well. So, Alina, it's uh, it's been great having you on the on the show. I do like to ask all of my guests a particular question. So, if I may, I'll ask you the same question, and that is, what does wealth mean to you? Yeah. So, I think over time, my concept of wealth has evolved. Right. I mean, originally it was like the cash and yeah. as I understood in the podcast, I didn't have yeah. a lot. So I wanted to go for it and go for it. I think now, you know, I'm quite comfortable. So for me, wealth now is these, you know, the emotions which I get to so the energy and there are different ways of doing it. Right. But say if I went and stole a million dollars, which I wouldn't, I'm probably not going to be a wealthy person from the energy perspective. Yeah. And uh, you know, by helping people, like in my case, I'm trying to do more and more of that. I do feel this as a wealth, as a wealth, not just, you know, emotions, but also the energy and the positivity. And I think that I I really want to continue from that point of view. And I really see like my transformation throughout the time from, you know, thinking about general things, you know, how do I find a house? How do I pay rent? To thinking, you know, broader about the wider community. That's perfect. I think that, I think what I I notice with a lot of people is that we may start off thinking about wealth, especially from an early age, more to do with, Mm -hmm. you see, the cash and the money. But as you grow and you evolve and you also gain experiences, that, that does definitely transform into other things, which are, often far more rewarding in in terms of uh, financial rewards and doing all the things that you do in it and usually it's about helping others as well i think a lot of people find that much more rewarding they class that as uh, their health uh, sorry their wealth in real terms and it's about also having for a lot of people having balance in many different aspects of their in their lives I think I'll add just one more thing, Tony, because I think it's an interesting thing. I started practicing something called Vipassana. So Vipassana is a very specific meditation, which came from India. But there are certain thoughts for it. And one of them is about, you know, giving back and how you actually serve other people. And so what tends to happen, you go on a, you know, on a meditation And it's all for free. It's free of charge. It is in UK, but it's also in other countries. And the concept behind it is that people like you, like me, who have gone through this before, they would come, they would serve you, you know, they would help cook for you, clean for you, etc. But then ultimately, you will do the same for the rest. And I've seen people, you know, really transform for it, through it. Well, I'm I'm still in kind of in the middle of the journey because I've done a few meditations, like a big retreat, let's put it this way. But I think that there is like a lot to it in terms of like the wider philosophy as well. Brilliant. So that sounds uh, fascinating. So, Alina, it's uh, been a great chatting. 
I always ask the guests if people want to get in touch with you, whether it's through mentoring or any other aspects of you, also the professional role that you uh, fulfill, how best can people get in touch with you? I think the best for me is LinkedIn, and I think there will be a link, right? I will share your links, uh, certainly in the show notes and on all the platforms that uh, our our show is going to go on today. Okay. Alina, it's been great uh, hearing your story and chatting to you today. So a big thank you and uh, wishing you all the success uh, in the future that you deserve. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find links to everything that we've discussed in the show notes. And if you'd like to know more about what I do or see more great money tips to build a secure and a happy lifestyle, then you can find all of these on my website, ttwealth.co.uk, on my YouTube channel, TTWealth. If you want to work with me, then why not book a free 30-minute call to find out how? You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also produce a bi-monthly newsletter, TT Wealth News, which contains practical money tips that is free for you to download from my website. And if you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something that you've enjoyed and you think will benefit someone you know, then please do share with them. I'm sure they will appreciate it. So it's goodbye until next time. And remember, live for today, invest for tomorrow.